Slam for May 3rd, 2020, Sunday afternoon, evening already, as a matter of fact, 6.30, yard work all day, and now it's time for the reviews. Uh, Don't feel bad for me because I'm podcasting alone. Feel bad for me because the subject matter in which I chose is subject. Here comes the cats. Let them hear it. Uh, AEW Dynamite from April 29th, 2020, we will talk about from this past Wednesday. We will talk about The Big Show Show Season 1, Episode 4. That's from Netflix and from the E! Network. We have Total Bellas Season 5, Episode 5. Just going to crack an energy drink here. I am Lee, your host, and today I have a really good AEW Dynamite to talk to you about. That was actually a really good show. Or I've settled in and become completely used to the format with no crowds uh, and and who I'm seeing again and again as all wrestlers were not present next week. However, live for AEW Dynamite, some uh, new fl- uh, faces, fresh faces, as it were, popping up on the show that maybe haven't been around for a while, uh, which was also the case on uh, this episode I'm about talked about from April 29th. We uh, we're gonna have the Cody and Darby recap package to start uh, start things out. Their match. Uh, would be come pretty early in the show, if not the first thing, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and that is the semifinal of the TNT Championship. Two matches in that uh, championship tournament tonight. Cody and Darby, and then later on, Dustin and Lance Archer. Tony Schiavone and Chris Jericho welcome us. Uh, coming up, it is Cody and Darby, uh, Alan Moxley. We will hear from that guy. Third installment of the Bubbly Bunch. Sean Spears in action tonight. Brody Lee versus Marco Stunt. Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian versus Best Friends. MJF will give us another injury update. Tell us about his hangnail. And uh, we will get a Wardlow squash uh, tonight, more or less. We get to the ring for Cody and Darby. Darby is out first. Cody comes out with Brandy. Chris Jericho reminds us uh, that he ended Cody's bid at the AEW Championship. And that uh, this TNT championship is the highest uh, thing that Cody can achieve in the AEW. He cannot challenge again. Guys lock up after some uh, angsty pokes, as I like to call them. Darby works on uh, Cody's left knee throughout the entire match here. Cody sidesteps Darby outside the ring, and he collides with Brandy. Darby and uh, and Brandy do. Brandy's got like a sore tummy. Uh, so she she disappears, presumably goes backstage at this point. Cody beats Darby down in the ring. The men trade offense. We get a code red here. Darby leg hold on Cody continues to work uh, uh, on his on uh, d- continues to work it on the ropes. I have written here. You uh, that means whatever you want it to mean. Cody stumbles around at ringside. Britt Baker smacks him with her sandal. Pretty good. Britt Baker at ringside most of the matches uh, tonight. Also has a video thing later on. Just taking a quick sippy here before we continue. You get the uh, the cotton mouth here when you just start talking for three minutes right off the top. So, mm. Rockstar. Killer grape. You should never drink an energy drink, kids. But if you're going to partake in a sugary one, that's the one to do. Britt Baker with the sandal. We get a commercial break. Double Lariat, both men on the mat, center of the ring. Cody takes off his belt and is menacing Darby. What is this spot that Cody keeps doing with this belt? He's been doing it, uh, I want to say, since the the MJF match when he actually did belt him. And then every time after that, at some point in the match, Cody takes off his like weight belt 
and starts menacing his opponent with it. Uh, I don't, as a, as a baby face, I don't know that he needs to be doing that. Ref tosses it outside the ring, caught by somebody. Uh, figure four, leg lock on Cody. Spears, uh, loves it at ringside. Brandy with a sore tummy returns, emerges from the back. Uh, this was kind of like an overbooked thing in the match that didn't need to happen at all. It didn't serve, uh, much of a purpose that I am aware of. Brandy's just like selling, oh, my stomach. I got speared in it. Darby kicks out of a crossroads. Cody tries a coffin drop. Darby gets the knees up and counters. Darby goes for his own coffin drop. Cody rolls him over during the pin attempt and one, two, three with the shoulders down. Cody sneaks out the win here. Uh, pretty interesting stuff. Cody, uh, Cody used his finisher on old Darby. Darby kicked out. Darby had this thing won. He had him scouted. Uh, the weird spin of events here where Cody goes for the coffin drop. Man. Okay, finish. What weird kind of roll-up thing at the end there? Kind of people seem a little, maybe a little split on it. But, uh, I thought this was alright. Cody's going on to the finals. Scorpio Sky video package talking about SCU. And, uh, gaining momentum early with those guys. MJF now has the strongest nail of all time. Uh, recovering from his hangnail I mentioned earlier. He'll be back on AEW, however... Uh, he nicked his neck shaving. He's in, like, a neck brace, neck pillow thing, cushion thing. Uh, so, because of that, he is not on this week's show. He buries, buries the show and the viewers for continuing to watch, uh, Nobody. Uh, I think he has a line here, something to the effect of, I wish I could be there, uh, wrestling in front of seven of my peers or something like that. He is the last hope of AEW. He kisses his own ring. Uh, I don't know... I guess it's a big diamond ring, you just want to kiss it, but isn't the point that, like, his his subjects kiss the ring? Now he's kissing the ring that so many others have have kissed, especially in the current climate, prevailing circumstances. I don't know how good of idea it is, MJF. He's going to miss next week with literal COVID. Musa versus Wardlow. M- Musa, you know, create a wrestler uh, kind of guy, kind of comes out. Uh, Jobber squash match, as it were. CJ, Chris Jericho, talks about uh, sending MJF flowers uh, for his hangnail. The inner circle, very much still friendly with Mr. MJF. Um, huge, huge choke slam. Uh, punishes him. Musa in the corner. Musa gets uh, one move in. Wardlow hits him with a huge face knee. Uh, Ragdoll airplane spin. One, two, three. That's the end of Musa. Uh, in that match. Bubbly Bunch, Inner Circle talking smack about the dancing competition on Flim Flam, their uh, TikTok takeoff last week. Chris Jericho still very bitter about losing the bottle of hand sanitizer. Chris Jericho suggests a Manitoba melee uh, to bury the hatchet, uh, as it were, and uh, suddenly it cuts between multiple people attacking the camera and POV. This was great. Uh, This was a lot of fun. It's goofy. If you don't like it... So be it. Uh, broke up the show really nice. Uh, it, it first starts with Ortiz throwing a shot at uh, Sammy Guevara, who reciprocates. It goes through the inner circle before uh, ending up with other AEW wrestlers. Uh, Sonny Kiss was in this. The Librarian, uh, Peter Avalon. Um, Lou Ferrigno with a taser shows up in this thing. Vicky Guerrero's there. Jay and Silent Bob. It's a fun time. I'm sure you can watch just this clip online. Uh, take a look. It's not too bad. Pretty good. Chris Jericho. Thank you. <laughs> Jimmy Havoc and uh, Kip Sabian versus the Best Friends and Orange Cassidy in the absence of me and Reed's Butcher and Blade the Best Friends are getting over big time with me I like uh, I like how goofy they are 
and maybe it's the wrestling in front of no one. Uh, I feel their shtick uh, works here. They're just three goofball buddies. This is a no disqualification match. It was a weird match. Orange Cassidy takes a chair to the head. Orange Cassidy, who's not in the the match, mind you. Uh, chair shenanigans outside the ring. I have written here. Havoc pulls out more chairs, a ladder. Uh, Chuck dying outside the ring. Jimmy Havoc and Kip beat down Trent in the ring. Team I poke. I have written here. Uh, where one guy kicks the one guy's back into the other guy's outstretched fingers in front of him. Some Jimmy Havoc shit. Uh, but Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian as a team, I thought, is is fine. They're like both shitty guys. That's, I guess, their, uh, what they have in, in similarity between them. Uh, Chuck back in the ring. Trent Tornado DDT on Kip. Lots of chair hits. Sideways chairs uh, set up in the ring. So, like, a chair opened, but on its side... With another crisscross chair there. Uh, Trent is absolutely murdered with a drop on top of this. Pile driver onto the chair near falls. Penelope Ford breaks up a pin near fall. Chuck bites Jimmy Havoc. A little tit for tat there. Orange Cassidy returns. Dodges a knee from Ford. Tosses her into Kip. Running pile driver onto a pile of chairs by Chuck. He pins Jimmy Havoc. One, two, three. The best friends win. You gotta give the people what they want. Britt Baker video, role model segment, behind the scenes. We see uh, a talking head segment of Britt Baker and her uh, makeup artist, Reba. Uh, Reba corrects us in a talking head that she's, in fact, Rebel. Uh, and this is a wrestler from Impact that I am not overly familiar with. But a little, uh, little Easter egg there for everybody else. Um, choose Reba out, as it were, for not referring to her as Dr. Britt Baker. She has... A image to uphold. The segment actually begins. There's like a spa massage music going on. Uh, she is showing what it means to be a role model. She's telling people, don't wear glasses if you're not a doctor. Don't be fat. There's Photoshop for that. Uh, all while cutting to a picture of Tony Schiavone, who is her punching bag for whatever reason. And don't have a snaggle tooth. If you can help it, don't. Sean Spears versus Baron Black in a, not a squash match, match per se, squash match. Lockups. Exchange holds, snap suplex, foot on chest by uh, Spears on Black. One, two, kick out. Black fires up for a comeback. Denied. C4. No pin. Sharpshooter from Sean Spears. Tap out. Sean Spears wins. <laughs> Killer great. Hitting it too hard, kids. Comes back up at you. Uh, we're going to go to a commercial break. However, we have uh, Dustin versus Lance Archer coming up on May 23rd. The winners... Both Cody and whoever uh, emerges victorious out of Dustin and Lance Archer will uh, fight for the TNT Championship at Double or Nothing, the next pay-per-view. We also have Brody Lee coming up, and we also are going to hear from Moxley, so don't you go away. Taz is here, it's Taz, and he's here to tell us about Lance Archer and his offense. I like these segments. They're fun. Breaks down their special moves, what to expect. I think this is cool. It's a good way to fill time. Good job, Taz. Marco Stunt hype package. Get a little bit about Marco Stunt. Unfortunately, he's been fed to all these big men recently. Uh, he Marco Stunt, in his own right, is a is a phenomenal wrestler. But to ever take this guy, I, I mean, his canonical power level is that of a little guy. He gets manhandled and destroyed. He's got a lot of heart, but that's kind of it. Uh, I don't know where we go with Marco from this. Just racking up a bunch of L's, uh, especially when Jurassic Express as well. Very little uh, momentum behind them, aside from I think a little recently they got uh, went on a winning streak in 2020, and then that kind of fell apart uh, as they were not at the tapings outside of Marco. So they're working with who they have. They want to do a squash match with these uh, these big men. Uh, they're going to put in one of their great small men instead of a local jobber, whoever was available at QT Marshall's gym that day. Whatever the case, uh, I, I kind of taken a, a liking to Marco over time. 
And uh, it sucks to see him kind of used in this way. But whatever. Chris Jericho puts over Brody Lee. Uh, Marco is obliterated outside the ring. Uh, beats the 10 count back in. Sit down, powerbomb. One, two, three. Brody Lee wins. More or less wraps that one up. Moxley seems to be wandering around the Mojave Desert. Almost makes you wish for a nuclear winner. Uh, two months ago, he wins the championship in front of a sea of fans. Now look at us. Look at us. Who would have thought? Bad times never last forever. AW is live next week and he will be there. Uh, and then he tells you a number of things you need to do while in quarantine. Uh, g- good mission statement here from one John Moxley, a, a man of the people. Uh, he makes sure everyone's paying attention in the end. And he says, call your goddamn grandmother. Uh, it's good. Shouty. Uh, and fun from John Moxley here in the middle of the desert, and we look forward to seeing him next week. Next week, MJF will be back as well. Moxley will face Frankie Kazarian, Kenny Omega, and Matt Hardy versus the Sex Gods, Chris Jericho, and Sammy Guevara. Holy shit, don't miss it, people. And that's going to be an Anything Goes street fight. Why not? Has Matt Hardy wrestled? Is this Matt Hardy's first match in AW? No. Did he wrestle... I don't think he has. I'm confusing him and Brody Lee with all the robes and stuff, but I don't... And the crazy hair. Uh, those two guys need to get together. Main event, Dustin Rhodes versus Lance Archer. Sammy, final match. Lance Archer smiles as Dustin strikes him early on in this match. Uh, Archer reverses a power slam, bounces Dustin off the ropes for a shoulder tackle. Lance Archer pulls out a chair. So it's a no-DQ match just based on the fact that there must be a winner. Uh, so you can use chairs, you can use the turnbuckle. I don't know if I ever heard that Tony Schiavone and Chris Jericho go over that, but it, it it's kind of like a gentleman's agreement that you won't bring those sorts of elements in. Uh, Dustin goes to like hit Lance Archer or throw the chair at him as memory serves. Lance Archer uh, kicks this chair into Dustin's face and busts him open. Uh, Dustin's, Dustin always bleeds, and that's okay. He bleeds really well. Uh <laughs> weird to say but uh the the right amount of blood in this match it wasn't gross it was a very good i don't think he cut himself he may have uh he got hit with the chair and then was just kind of doubled over so as far as we know he could have cut himself uh seems like something you wouldn't want to do at this time if if it's by accident then so be it but uh whatever it it did add to this match that uh, otherwise could have been a squash match a squash match a sam squatch match uh by lance archer but it was more uh there was more to it than that went 23 minutes long and it wasn't bad at all. The men brawl outside the ring. Dustin fires back with some chops of his own. Lance Archer lays him out and awaits the count out. Dustin climbs up on the apron with, at like the end of the count. Lance Archer shoves him back uh, to start the count again. Uh, a bloody Dustin manages to finally make it inside the ring. Uh, Lance Archer strikes him repeatedly. Holds him. Dustin gets Lance Archer in the corner. Sets him up for the Shattered Dreams that is no longer called that. Kicks him in the dick and balls, I guess is all you can really say in that case. Uh, Archer, calm, collected, regains the upper hand. This man has just been kicked in the dick and balls, and he does not care. He's intense in this match. Uh, He's just a monster heel. There's no reason to particularly dislike him. He's very violent. Uh, He doesn't necessarily cheat, as far as we have seen or know. He's just very dominant and very scary, and uh, it is, there, it is doing very well in AEW. Uh, it, it, honestly, him or Cody can go over in that TND Championship match. I think Archer winning and Cody chasing it, uh, and then maybe someone else, you know, getting over Cody uh, to get that championship before Cody, like a Darby Allen or something, pulls off a win against Lance. 
I don't know. There's places to go with this now that you have a secondary title. Uh, it, it just... It means more for these singles matches overall. Like, you have Sean Spears racking up Ws. You got Wardlow racking up Ws. Alright. So, uh, Dustin gets two good shots. Hits the code red. Slugfest. Dustin with a huge lariat. Power slam. Dustin's firing up. Crossroads. And Lance Archer kicks out at one. Uh-oh, Cody. Now what? Archer. Giant choke slam. Near fall. Archer walks on the ropes. Beautiful moonsault. Near fall. Chris Jericho wants Lance Archer in the inner circle at this point. He's seen what this man can do. And he's really impressed. Dustin escapes the blackout attempt, but then eats a choke slam. One, two. Dustin gets Lance Archer's shoulders down after this pin attempt. One, two. Kick out. Lance Archer, a little more uh, intense now, rips the turnbuckle. He ripped the mat off the turnbuckle. He ripped it. He just took it, he removed it with force. QT Marshall comes down with the white towel to throw it in. Cody stops him. Cody at ringside in a full suit. Stops him from doing this. Lance Archer grabs Dustin's head and bashes it into the mat multiple times. Holds his head and shoulders to the mat. One, two, three. It will be Cody versus Lance Archer, May 23rd, for the TNT Championship at Double or Nothing. And that was the end of AEW Dynamite. Moving over to the Big Show show. Episode 4 of the first, the inaugural Big Show Show season. School is cancelled thanks to a sinkhole, if you remember the cold open from last week. Big Show, headed to a Tampa Bay morning TV show where he is going to cook. Sure. Parents have to figure out what to do with their kids. Three of them. JJ, the youngest, the criminal. Mandy, the uh, go-getter running for student president. Uh, little, maybe even more upsetting than the criminal in uh, in some ways. And then Lola... Big Show's daughter, the eldest, 15 years old, I believe, from uh, an earlier marriage, who is now living with them in Tampa from Minnesota. Cassie and JJ are going to hit the office. She's going to do a little take-your-daughter-to-work day. Why not? There is a man named Gary there, and his desk is covered in toys. JJ notes that this Eleven Pop from Stranger Things, Netflix TM, uh, will complete her collection, and she wants to just swipe it. Or something like that. Uh, And the mom's like, no. You can't do that. You can't steal, JJ. It's a teachable moment here. I'm going to stop you from stealing from my other employees. Uh, Cassie is a real estate agent, and she has been desperately trying to sell a haunted house. Now you're caught up to speed. Mandy is at home with her friends, and they are planning the presidential campaign. Taylor Swift, a kid from their class, a boy, he's uh, running based solely on his name and that he's popular therefore uh that that was it he just he's just like you know what my name is taylor swift and uh i'm running for president now too and suddenly mandy is not sure she can still win uh he's gonna put coke zero in the water fountains it's healthier than water i think was the line here uh not the greatest thing for the water fountain also remember water fountains holy shit are we still gonna have water fountains Remember the kid in elementary school put his full mouth around the water fountain? And then you saw that, but then like a certain amount a certain amount of time would pass, and you uh you'd be like, well that's the water mountain that uh fucking Ryan put his mouth on. But it's been like six months, so chances are uh no one has done it since then. And six months I uh have decided is the right amount of time for it to now be sterilized, uh just here. I assume they do get cleaned by janitors. 
I don't know. Never bothered to ask. Mandy's uh, secret has been revealed online. She was held back in kindergarten due to a tetherball injury, and she needs the wolf. Uh, the wolf is a kid who uh, should be on a government watch list. He has dirt on the other students. She knows about him on the dark web. She's going to order some dirt on Taylor Swift, and we are going to take his ass down. Lola and Big Show... Their segment has been cut from five minutes to one, which also means literally in this episode we get less Big Show. And for a show called The Big Show Show, I'm getting very little Big Show. He should be in, he should be like Triple H in the 2000s. We, he should be inserting himself into more storylines. So their uh, cooking segment is cut from five minutes to one, so things are going to be moving at a lightning pace. Hot dog, tater tot, casserole. He has burnt the tots. It is wrap-up time. Him and his daughter get in an argument over adding Greek yogurt to the hot dog tater tots. This is all a nightmare. And uh, she pours the yogurt onto the plate. Big Show, like, flicks the pan as to eject the yogurt and instead ejects the entire meal onto the host of the Tampa Bay Morning Show. Ha! 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 Cassie is showing, uh, showing the haunted house to some buyers. JJ is also there. That's kind of all you need to know about that. Mandy's friend gives uh, her dad's black Amex card to Mandy to pay for the wolf. He delivers the dirt on Taylor Swift, and we let that one hang for now. Big Show is embarrassed by Lola. Embarrassed. Remember when he was the New Year's baby? Lola said... So they reference things in wrestling uh, all the time in here as to be silly. Uh, and I think there's an example coming up. I don't know if I wrote down the reference. It was something like about The Undertaker. Anyways, they make those tongue-in-cheek jokes about fake things when the reality of some of the things they could be pulling from Big Show's career and cut to clips of, man, would be incredible. Uh, but they don't do do that. Lola says her dad's cooking is weak. <laughs> a cooking challenge is initiated. They will both cook a uh, full-course meal for the rest of their family and see whose cuisine reigns supreme. Bennett is there. So, uh, Bennett is the son of the man who owns the real estate company that Cassie works for. He's also a, like, shitheel. And, well, not quite yet. He's just kind of like a weasel uh, at this point. But, so this shit... So, he keeps saying fudging in this scene. JJ calls him out for uh, for language. Uh, He reminds Cassie that we have... To disclose the previous tenant has died in this house to anyone looking to place an offer on this house. And that is why the house is haunted, presumably. I don't know if it's ever been connected. Those I thought the house was just haunted. Not a lot of evidence to the house actually being haunted. Uh, there is just a literal fact that the previous tenant died. And that is why the house is now for sale. We're in, says the people looking at the haunted house. Uh, Cassie is standing there. Um... She knows she is required by law to tell these people that the previous tenant died, and she decides not to, and with a big smile says, that's great, let's sign the paperwork. Taylor Swift's real name is Cliff Swift. Are you joking my ass right now? Cliff Swift. That guy's not going to be president. Cliff Swift? Holy shit. So they out that on the internet, uh, and now, because he's not cool, he's nothing, that guy. Uh, Mandy regrets everything cooking challenge we have the family gathered around the coffee table which is the primary place where we see this family eat is in their living room hunched over a coffee table 
Uh, this house is like a huge ranch house. I don't know why it doesn't have a... It has, does have a kitchen where I've seen people sit. Uh, there's no dining room as far as I know. Or is there? Very, very perplexing. Also, no Terry in this episode uh, that I can recall. Or is Terry in this episode? Oh, I'm running together, man. All right. <laughs> uh, deconstructed s'more from Lola uh, up first. And then a brioche from Big Show... But uh, they didn't have uh, toast and they didn't have uh, tomatoes or whatever. So he, it's just really a saltine cracker with ketchup. The family hates it. Sliders from Lola. A grilled cheese three ways. Which is three grilled cheeses. Uh, each prepared for each of the different girls and the way they like it. Uh, in between these two uh, meals, we see Lola and Big Show in the kitchen. They uh, start pinching each other's fat or something along that lines. Uh, there, is a, there is a heartfelt moment in amidst a fight uh, where both uh, Big Show is sprayed in the face with cream, whipped cream, and Lola eats a pie uh, in the face at some point. They combine to bring out Girl Scout cookies, which the rest of the family still agrees Lola's are better, even though they came from the same box. Uh, JJ has revealed that she uh, she stole a pop, uh, just straight up. She's like, oh yeah, I, st- I stole that. And uh, Mom's like, I broke the law. Uh, so... Teachable moment. Uh, JJ basically being like, hey, you can not disclose uh, to those people about the haunted house, so I took this from someone's desk. That's the same thing. Uh, she's not entirely wrong uh, in, the, in terms of breaking the law. Uh, Taylor Swift shows up at the house. Talks to Mandy in person, like heart to heart here. And uh, just as I could say they are going to kiss, they kissed. And Mandy reveals she wants to kiss some more. We're just going to leave that one at that for this episode. The mom comes clean. She failed to disclose uh, that stuff about the haunted house. Bennett's heel turn. Jesus Christ. Bennett sold Cassie out to his father for the promotion at work as he is a shitty guy and wouldn't have been promoted otherwise. Bennett. I know Ziggy. Bennett has gotten Cassie fired from her job, uh, but she taught her daughter right from wrong. By first breaking the law. I, I assume it's breaking the law to do this. She did lose her job. It could just be a policy. Uh, but I believe if it's the the most recent tenant, you do have to disclose this uh, by law for someone buying a house. Otherwise, when it gets to the lawyers, you can be like, oh, did you know someone died in this house? And they'll be like, no. Well, then this deal is off. You have to re... You, you will probably get the house for cheaper now, right? I assume, in the case of a haunted house. Next up. Uh, JJ reveals at home that she stole all the car keys of the employees at the real estate agency as her mom was fired. Uh, her mom has a good laugh over this. Uh, you're laughing now. You'll be talking to your daughter on a phone through some glass before too long. Uh, Mandy, who's in grade six, admits to making out with Taylor Swift, Cliff Swift, as it were. And that's the end of the episode. That is the tumultuous end Cold open of the next episode, uh, we're getting... JJ's got a hamster, Lamont Periwinkle something or other. The Undertaker, uh, something about a baby at the, at the Superdome. Oh my god. Getting fired is tough on mom. Mom returns from the gym. She's looking better than ever. Uh, this, this, with the caliber of acting in this scene, uh, if the big show wasn't there and these children were not there, so if the mom had just come home and the big show was instead like a miscellaneous European looking man and the daughters were all aged up to be looking 19 plus, this felt very porny. Uh, her returning from the gym with this big smile on her face, like what happened there? 
Maybe that's just me reading too much into it. Uh, Lola and Greg Turbo have been seeing each other. So, uh, a horny spring for the Big Show show. Everybody's making out. Seeing Greg Turbo getting laid at the gym. And uh, Big Show does nothing interesting and is barely on the show. Uh, No one even told Big Show about Lola dating. So Big Show's going to be upset about that. And at that point, I hit pause because I don't need to watch another episode for another seven days. Totobella's Season 5, Episode 5. The drama with Mom is over. Let the drama between Bree and Brian begin. Daniel Bryan, the wrestler, is Brian Danielson. IRL. Uh, this is shoot name, brother. Uh, so when you hear me refer to Brian, that's who I'm talking about. I don't know if I've ever said that before on an episode, and that could be very confusing to someone who doesn't know that, that the guy just reversed his name for his wrestling name. Uh, recap reminds us that Artem was fired. Uh, just everybody losing their job. Uh, this was a year ago. So uh, Artem was fired from Dancing with the Stars. Tonight, Nikki uh, has been invited to WWE backstage on Fox. Uh, the SmackDown Fox premiere is happening. That is around when this episode takes place. Artem needs a goddamn job. And uh, we got a problem with no ass pinching uh, from Daniel Bryan on Brie. Brian, as it were. Los Angeles, this whole episode mostly takes place in Los Angeles, as that is where SmackDown is taking place. So currently, Nikki is staying with Artem in his house in Los Angeles. Artem has a house in Los Angeles. He did not move in with Nikki, so they just have houses in the two cities, both Los Angeles and Phoenix. And Bree is there with Brian and Birdie, their daughter. Uh, and they're just staying in a hotel. Which I figured they were staying with Artem until it was brought up later that they, they were staying in a hotel. So, uh, Nikki will be on SmackDown. Uh, what should she wear? She's going through her old wrestling uh, su- stuff in a walk-in closet. But I thought this was Los Angeles, so did she bring all these outfits to Artem's? Is she keeping them there? A little confusing. Artem comes out in a classic Fearless Nikki number, uh, wearing her clothes, presumably. Even though they seem to fit well, if they were to be made for Artem. Maybe he's just got that swimmer's bod, so just kind of... Looks okay on him. And he dances like Nikki and says he does it better. She will be going to the premiere of SmackDown in Los Angeles. And Brie will be there too. Title break. Taking over. Taking over the world. The crew is at lunch. My crew, I mean Artem, Nikki, Brie. Nikki says Brie is jealous of uh, her and Artem's PDA. Uh, Brie says, yeah, kind of. A little bit. Nikki's getting her neck checked out. Uh, She had to retire from wrestling due to injury to her vertebra or whatever. Uh, She was able to come back and wrestle a few matches around the Ronda Rousey era of the WWE uh, and put Rousey over. Uh, But should, by all intents and purposes, be retired from wrestling now. As the doctor says, one wrong move and you might be looking at paralysis. So stay the fuck out of the ring. Who knows? You're putting up Christmas lights one day, you fall off the ladder. That's your last bump, so don't waste it in the ring. Bree, Nikki, and Natalia will be recording the Bella's podcast. Uh, she doesn't want to go to the SmackDown premiere if she can't wrestle, or or, or something like along those lines. Uh, TJ is mentioned, my boy, TJ, Natalia's husband, uh, who was injured in a match with Samoa Joe, also had a life-threatening uh, neck injury. Uh, has mostly rehab now, but will not wrestle in the ring ever again. Uh, he serves in production somewhere in the WWE. I don't know if he's in developmental or, or something like that, helping helping up-and-comers. TJ, love you, buddy. Uh, he used to be on uh, Total Divas all the time as a running character uh, in the Golden Age. And 
Yeah, Natalia says she knows what Nikki's uh, feeling because she, she went through it with TJ. In a famous Total uh, Divas episode, she basically told all the other wrestlers at WWE that TJ had been depressed because of his injury, and under those pretenses got a bunch of them to come over and visit when TJ found out that from our truth that he, that is why he was there, that he heard that TJ was... Uh, Natalia meant well. As Nikki means well in this episode, but you'll see what I mean. Uh, Bree's podcast personality seems completely insufferable. And, uh, you know, pot calling the kettle black. Uh, I'm sure some people don't like my cadence either. But there was something about uh, her enthusiasm uh, that I do not see in any other part of Brie on this show or in WWE. Natty's words encourage Nikki to attend SmackDown. That she, uh, she owes it to her fans to be there. It means something for her to be there even if she can't get in the ring herself. Nikki and Artem are uh, shopping for vision boards, which consists of buying a bunch of magazines and making a collage of your hopes and dreams via images in these magazines. And she wants to make one for Artem, even though he seems completely uninterested and a little insulted at the idea. Never mind that. Photo shoot! Los Angeles photo shoot with the Bella Twins. Uh, as Brie talks about how crazy busy they are. Brie herself, uh, who is juggling a, a clothing line for children? Brie B. Then they got the wine. And then they got the something up the makeup now. So Bree is very busy and has a lot to do in Los Angeles. Brian and Birdie are just there to be there uh, to spend time with their mom, even though she's stressed the fuck out and trying to get this work done. We are at Artem's house. Bree criticizes Nikki for uh, making a vision board for Artem. Uh, she uh, Nikki says she she knows he wants to own a coffee shop and all this and that. She's gluing clippings from magazines to a board based on things like, here's Brad Pitt. I think Artem kind of looks like him and hopefully he ages like him. Where's that picture of Leonardo DiCaprio? I don't... It's some... Some basic bitch shit, man. Uh, Los Angeles, we got Brian Danielson, we got Birdie, we got Bree. They are in the park. Daniel Bryan is blowing bubbles. Hey, uh... How do we become more, uh, how do we get more of that PDA? Hey, you got any more of that PDA? Asks Bree. Daniel Bryan's like, hey, every time I try to kiss you at home, you are busy with a phone or doing something and not paying attention anyways. Uh, so how about we start there? And Bree says, Artem's hand was full on Nikki's tit the other night. Uh, Brian says that they feel very disconnected. Brian is, uh, feeling very, uh, depressed about their relationship. And that explodes later on. Artem is dancing with Birdie in a very adorable scene. The vision board is here, to which Artem exclaims, Oh. Brian looks absolutely terrified. He thinks this is so weird that someone would present another human being with a board of, Hey, here's your, what your hopes and dreams should be. A very awkward scene. Brian's just uh, he, trying to keep a straight face here as he looks it over. Uh, Bree and everybody else picks it apart here. Uh, Artem appears to be plainly insulted at the idea of the board and Nikki making it for him. Here's what I envision for your future. It's time to go shopping for children's clothing because Birdie doesn't have enough clothes because they're in Los Angeles, even though all the girls do is lay on couches in this department store. I don't know. I don't know. You should, uh... You should stay with Artem, Nikki said. Inviting people to stay at her boyfriend's house. You should stay with Artem uh, so you don't have to worry about the, the hotel. And you can get some work done. It'll be a little more cash. Bree's busy doing uh, meetings. Why doesn't Brian take Birdie home then? Just leave. 
because he wants to hang out, and uh, the whole reason that they are there is, uh, as Bree recalls it, is because he wants to spend more time because uh, he feels like they get no time together, and that their relationship is becoming something shitty. Uh, Nikki just telling it like it is in this recliner in a store. Uh, <laughs> tough having a, a husband and kid there, Bree admits, and uh, Nikki says this is the best birth control. Seeing her sister in such dire straits, going through all this stress. Is good for Nikki. Wine! It's time! Their friend Kristen is opening a store in Los Angeles and they are featuring the Bella Radochi or whatever it's called, wine. Uh, this is when the WWE backstage appearance comes up. Brie is clearly jealous that she was not reached. They uh, surmise that uh, Brie was not contacted because they know she's got the businesses and the kid and all that going on, even though Daniel Bryan would technically be there as well and they know Brie would be there. Whatever the case, Brie's not inv- uh, invited to this thing. Nikki says it's probably because she's hotter. Haha, <laughs> no wait, it's because I'm more accomplished in the ring. And uh, that one stings because she's probably right, right? WWE backstage happens. Uh, they read a mean tweet at Nikki. Nikki fires back. It's all very cringy, like most WWE. Uh, Artem and Nikki are eating at home. Artem brings up the vision board. Says his culture is realistic. Uh, they're realistic thinkers and dreamers. His dreams are real and honest. And the vision board just doesn't compute with him. You need to leave him alone. Uh, and he will go looking for a job and a new passion. When it damn well suits him, woman. Uh, Bree and Daniel Bryan are in a car. Uh, good idea. Uh, you, you should go home, uh, says Bree. <laughs> Three days, uh, Brie would be away. She would return, and then Daniel Bryan would have to leave on a tour of Australia. Daniel Bryan asks why his wife wants uh, to work, which is kind of a plainly insulting question here from Daniel Bryan. Why do you choose to work? We want to have a simple life. I make enough money. We've made enough money to retire with a simple life, and our life is anything but simple. What the fuck is going on? When do we get to hang out together and be husband and wife? Brie wanted Bryan uh, to sign the contract, evidently. Uh She's like, you didn't have a lot of other options. Brian's like, there were other options. Uh, and he fought for less days in WWE so he could be home with his family, but his family's now not there as Brie uh, was not content being a housewife and she is going out and getting it. Commercial break. Does anybody need three businesses? Daniel Bryan asks. This is crazy. What's uh, When does it slow down? Brie uh, surmises that she is 35 and by 40, she would like to be doing less than half of the work she's doing now. Daniel Bryan is absolutely pissed uh, that now he's looking down the barrel of 10 days with no Brie. Uh, that's what their relationship is now. They just don't see each other for over a week, and because it's convenient to each of their careers. We are at the premiere of SmackDown on Fox. Oh, good, Hulk Hogan is here. Uh, Becky invites them uh, for a uh, for a run-in during a tag match. We see footage of the women wrestling, Charlotte, and the girls uh, kicking ass. We see The Rock. Uh, we see a uh, The Rock giving the rub to Becky, and I'm reminded that on the first premiere of SmackDown, The Rock gave a rub to Becky, and then there was that Stone Cold thing with Becky... And Becky, listen, if you like Becky Lynch, great. Uh, She's great. But um, she doesn't need this rub. Uh, It feels like just, she doesn't need to be there. The Rock and Stone Cold thing could have just been their thing. I don't think this enhanced Becky's push or where she is at to have her awkwardly stand there next to, uh, in my opinion, and a lot of people have this opinion, uh, showing someone like The Rock or Stone Cold Steve Austin next to the most over person in the WWE right now, supposedly, shows you the distance that those two people actually have between each other in terms of fame uh, and just being part of the zeitgeist, in my opinion. And no offense whatsoever to Becky uh, and all the hard work to get her where she's at. Uh, but this just reminded me of that. And it's it's unnecessary 
whatever. All right. Daniel Bryan and uh, Brie are backstage. Daniel Bryan wonders if their relationship will ever work. Uh, and he says some other really awful things here. Uh, and that kind of ends the episode as the credits play. However, we get a quick, quick clip of next week's episode where the twins are just drunk, dead drunk, talking to each other. Artemis pissed. He's storming away. He's looking mad. This is an Artem I have not seen in five episodes. Do Nikki and Artem break up? There, that's what they teased here. Uh, people were drunk. I can do what I want. Not really talking about any uh, one thing. God damn the drama. And that's what we went out on. Both the Big Show show and uh, Total Bellas and AW Dynamite out on a, a tr- dramatic note this week. As will I be. Uh, I'm leaving this podcast for today. I'll be back next week uh, to talk all about pro wrestling and the world therein. And by that, I mean AEW Dynamite and then these two other garbage shows I've been filling my time with in quarantine. Uh, I hope the rest of you are staying safe. Uh, everyone is uh, is different. Reopening this world means something different to every person. If you think it's too soon and you want to stay cocooned up grocery shopping once a week, do what you gotta do. It's fine. We'll get back to where we were, but maybe without the water fountains this time, now that I think about it. Listen to the Public Beta Podcast. That is up on Fridays. You can hear me and Reed talk about games that are ancient history, like Skyrim (laughs) and stuff like that. Uh, Also, some new games out. I did get to play Streets of Rage 4 since we recorded that, and it is fantastic. Really like it. We'll talk more about that this upcoming week. Uh, Whenever Reed starts watching AEW Dynamite again, I'm sure he will be back on the Sultans of Slam. Congratulations to Andrew, former Sultan, and hopefully he'll be back one day too, who has welcomed his first son into the world. Congratulations to him and his wife. Things are looking up. Everybody, take care of yourself and others. If you want to hang out with the show, comment. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Topics, questions. Lee at TitsTheIceberg.com is where you reach me. At TitsIceberg on Twitter. We'll get you in touch with us as well. You can also comment on Podbean. Listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, the whole shebang. Thank you, as always, for listening to me prattle on. I've been Lee, and this is the Sultans of... Fire!